and welcome to the Pinch of Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. So today we are all about the spark within, identifying your own magical gifts. So we are on episode four of our first podcast series, um, Mastering Your Magic. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, that doesn't matter. These are all standalone episodes. But if you wanted a really deep magical education, I have created these series of podcasts so that you can really, really dive deep. Or of course, just listen to to the ones that feel called to you. So if people love structure, there's going to be all these like series of podcasts with, you know, five or six episodes in each series. Or you just pick and choose whichever ones you want, because like I say, they all stand alone. So we started with knowing yourself and why that was so important. We then moved on to like once you know yourself about like really cleansing and clearing your energy so you're no longer affected, influenced by other people as much and then how to protect your energy. We then looked at your own personal desires and how to set really phenomenal intentions that you can actually stick to. And so like today, Um, we are talking about your gifts. This is probably one of my favourite topics because this is something that I was searching for forever, well it felt like forever, but decades, before the days of Amazon, before even the internet was as it is today. It's like we have a lot of access to a lot of information today. However, sometimes all that information, all of that, you know, everyone's idea of how you should do it, can feel overwhelming. So I want to give you some ideas, but of course, take what resonates for you and leave the rest. So what we're going to look at today is what does it mean to actually own your own magical gifts? How do you find those magical gifts? Oh, that's the, that's the important part, isn't it? And then once you've identified them, once you've got an idea of what they are, how do you nurture them? And then how do you integrate them into your everyday life? So if that sounds the right place, let's get started. So when we talk about magical gifts, what is it we're actually talking about? And really for me, I well, I spent a long time searching for like my purpose in life. What is it I'm here to do? And I would, you know, oh my goodness, I'd I'd do any quiz, I'd take any course, I would do any journaling around all of the prompts to find out like, who is it I'm here to be? And everything felt right for a little while until it didn't. It would look like, oh yes, I've done this quiz and that's definitely who I am. And it says I should like follow this career path and behave in this way. I'm like, yes, that feels so right. And I would do it maybe for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months, maybe even for longer. And then it would be like, oh, do you know what? That doesn't feel right again. And off I'd go again, looking for the next thing, doing the next quiz. Now, all of that information gave me valuable insights into how I show up in the world, how I best communicate in the world, you know, what kind of, you know, whether I was more intuitive or whether I was more like logical and how I interact with the world, how I receive information. All of that was really, really valuable. So I'm not dismissing any of that. But actually, what I realised after a really long time, like say, far too many years, probably closer to a decade or maybe two, um, was actually what I was looking for was someone to give me permission to be me. And if I did my Myers-Briggs tests and I found out I was a ENFP, 
that gave me permission to be intuitive. Yay! <laughs> I'm an intuitive person. But then it was like, oh, some of it's not quite right, or this isn't quite right. And so again, I was trying to pigeonhole myself into someone else's idea of like who I am, rather than having the courage to say, actually, this is who I am. This is what my interests are. I don't ever want to be like pigeonholed in a box and I want to have the ability to explore all of the things that I'm interested in. And I like to be interested in a lot of things. Now, some people are really good at being very, very focused and they they seem to be born knowing that they want to do a particular career path. <clears throat> some people are born knowing that they fit into a traditional world. You know, they want to go and study and have a career that lasts for a very long time and they want to follow a particular like social route through the world. And that's brilliant. That's fantastic. And some people aren't designed for that. Some people might be, I don't know what term we would use, maybe a little bit more creative. Maybe they're a little bit more multi-passionate. And our world is set up to say, oh no, but success looks like this. Oh, this is what you should do. This is what you should aspire to. Consume, consume, create, create. Do this, work harder. If there's, you know, if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're not feeling your best, if you are feeling low, unfulfilled, it's your fault. You don't own the right handbag. You're not in the right career. Whatever it is, you know, we are very much surrounded by that energy and that belief system. Thank goodness we are breaking away from it. However, we do have decades and decades and decades of conditioning to tell us that's what we should do. Now, I often think about this from like our parents' point of view, because if we look back to how they were parented, they were taught how to parent us. And I know for a fact, like my grandparents, they lived through the Second World War. They lived in London or just outside London. You know, they lived through the Blitz and being blown up. So for them, physical safety and physical security were absolute essentials for them. Yeah. So they pass that on to their children. Get a steady job, steady career, marry someone that's steady, <laughs> you know, something that makes them safe. And what that that was from a place of love. Okay. They want they lived through awful, awful conditions and they just wanted their family to be safe. Now when one of their children steps away and says, I'm going to do something different. They don't want them to do something different because then that causes them stress and anxiety and all of those other things. So they try and keep their children in line, so to speak. And so that generation get brought up like that. Obviously, you don't have to go through the Second World War to have that kind of conditioning, but there will be something similar, you know. So it's usually, most of the time, it is not done for malicious reasons. It's done out of a place of love. And so that understanding and level is kind of passed down. They break the shackles a little bit. They maybe become hippies in the 60s and like free love. And then they go back to conformity again. Hello, the 80s. Um, <laughs> and so then they have their children and bring them up in a very like, um, oh, you know, like greed is good. Gordon Gecko, you know, consume unless they're still hippies, of course. Um, but you can just have a look back through your own family history and think, not not thinking about your parents, but thinking about their parents. 
what did they live through and how did they show love? Now, it might not be how you want to receive love or what you think a healthy love would be. For example, like my grandparents um, wanting my their children to be safe. I mean, that makes sense. You know, if you've lost your house because it's been bombed and you're, you've lost family members because they've been off fighting in the war, it's like, of course you want your family to be safe. It makes absolute sense. But of course, for most of us, that is not relevant today. We are not generally at risk of, you know, when, when I have planes flying over my house, uh, jets come um, where I live, the jets come flying over for like practice runs. And when I hear that jet, I, my whole body goes, oh, it's a jet. But never once do I think, oh my God, they're going to drop a bomb on me. You know, I'm just like, it stops me for a moment because I don't know, it activates something in my DNA or something. But it's momentarily, it's over. Okay. And so this isn't about give, giving parents a get, get out of jail free card if they were, you know, not very supportive parents. But it is about having an understanding of how they are just playing out patterns of the past. And so the reason I'm talking about this and why it's so important is because it can squash your innate passion and desire. It can squash your own natural gifts. So not only are we dealing with that, but you're listening to this podcast to so see you're interested in magic and intuition or not all of those things. How many times, if you ever had a air quotes, imaginary friend when you were younger, were you told, oh, it's just in your imagination? How many times did you feel things about situations going on at home and you were told, oh no, you're just emotional, you're just sensitive? Um, oh, it's nothing. How often were you dismissed for knowing something as a child? And, you know, these are our parents. When we're children, we don't really understand the complexities of trauma, how that trauma that they might have experienced has played out in their ability to connect, to to parent. Um, and we're just like, oh, maybe I am imagining it. Maybe I am too emotional. Maybe I am too sensitive. And we start to shut down those gifts. We start to shut down those interests. Those imaginary friends that perhaps we are you perhaps they're not imaginary <laughs> perhaps you are talking to the land spirits but equally perhaps that that energy of creation that ability to daydream has been squashed out of you so the reason it's so important to bring that back is because they are parts of ourselves that we have rejected and whenever we reject something it's always going to try and get our attention at some point but we've probably locked it under everything. So when you are moving through life and you are feeling anything that resembles not being fulfilled, if you're feeling out of sorts, if you're feeling you don't belong, if you're feeling not quite right with yourself in your own body, if you find yourself feeling like jealous or comparing yourself to others, all of those those things which are so commonplace in our world are often because we are ignoring our inherent gifts, because we have been made to feel wrong, because we have been made to feel they're not valuable, because they're, you know, they have no place in the world, or oh, you should grow up, don't be so silly. Um, that's just imagination. Um, no, 
everything is fine, you're just feeling things that aren't there, why are you making such a fuss out of all those things? Perhaps you recognise some of that language and it's very, very dismissive. And we can think we're wrong when we're children. And when we have that, you know, we are, we're born into this world knowing exactly who we are and what we want. Think of that child crying its eyes out when it's a few days old because it's hungry, because it wants cuddling, because it it's bored, whatever it is. It knows how to use the power of its voice <laughs> to get what it wants. And then drip by drip by steady drip, that kind of confidence and knowing and determination is kind of moulded out of us as we become good little people, good girls, good boys, you know, oh, all of the things that we suddenly go, oh, if I behave like this, I'm going to get, you know, the love and attention that I want. And so we learn to be chameleons. And today, many people I meet, and I know I used to do this in the past as well, I'd be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so good at being chameleon. You can put me in any situation and I'd get along with everyone. And, you know, that's, that is, I was about to say, it's kind of a gift. Um, and it can be useful, but not when it means losing sense of yourself, not when it means you going, actually, I don't know who I am, which one of those chameleon camouflages is actually the real you. And when you start forgetting that, that's when it becomes an issue. So when you're thinking about like reconnecting with your gifts, it's about, it, t- it takes courage It takes curiosity and it takes a huge amount of compassion to hold yourself with love and compassion to, you know, so many people I speak to, they're like, oh my God, how did I get to this age and not know this or not know my gifts or not have all of these things? And it is just because we are products of the society and the the, the communities that we grow up in. Now, I would love to think that you're listening to this in a, and your family were incredibly supportive of all of your gifts and all of your passions and they had an amazing emotional intelligence and, you know, they really supported you. And even if that was the case, sometimes we still repress our gifts. So this is all about you reaccessing them and remembering them. So how do we unearth those gifts? The easiest... I say easy. (laughs) The, um, well, the way that we do that is to follow the curiosity. What is it that attracts your attention? Now, I always say to people, have a look at your bookshelf or your Kindle or your audiobooks or wherever you consume your content. What is the key theme of your bookshelf, of your Kindle, of your, you know, wherever you consume the content? If I was to come into your house and like imagine it was all you, you had massive of bookcases, that's because that's my uh, weakness. Um, <laughs> if I was to look at your bookcase, what are the books on your bookshelves? And more importantly, which are the ones you've actually prioritised reading? Now, I have hundreds and hundreds of books and hundreds of those books I haven't read. But there are some that I read over and over again. So what are those books because not only have you purchased that book you have then committed a lot of time to reading it we don't read a book in like three seconds you know some books take hours and hours and hours and hours of your time to read so what are those books and I'm not just talking about um non-fiction books but also your fiction books what are where are the stories the worlds that you love to explore are they romances are they about alien invasions you know are they about stuff from the past stuff in the future 
all of your books, regardless of whether they are fiction or non-fiction, will give you an insight into what's important to you. You're listening to this podcast right now. What other podcasts do you listen to? What is the theme within those podcasts? How do you love to spend your time? What are you immersed in? Um, Think back to childhood. What are the things that you love to do? Were you, air quotes, too emotional? Well, I tell you what, that's your gift. (laughs) Your gift of being connected to emotions, of feeling emotions deeply is a gift. Maybe you've been told it is not, that it is too much. But let me tell you that it is a gift when you learn to hone and refine that. Perhaps you love to create stories. When I was a child, I used to love taking, I used to love creating books. I mean, surprise, surprise. That's why I've written so many books now. And I used to create membership clubs for my books. (laughs) It's like, that's why I have a membership too. That's why I've created an app. That's why I'm so passionate about community. Because I love bringing all of the ideas and information together, distilling it into something simple and then sharing it. It's one I did when I was eight, nine, ten years old. I still remember having this wooden chest where I would put all of my things, all of my books, and I'd take different magazines because we, again, didn't have the internet or printing in those days. Um, didn't even have computers. So you would buy magazines and I'd cut them up and I'd put them into like different categories and make, I'd make my own magazines. Um, these days that looks like having a blog, you know, so, and having a podcast. So what were the things that you loved to do? You know, um, If you look at my bookcase, there are so many books, mainly on nature. Everything, (laughs) I think about 80% of my books on nature. The rest of it is about um, rituals. It's about communities. So yeah, that's, they're my secrets. I say they're not really secrets though, are they? So what are the things that you loved doing as a child? What were those things that you were told were too much? What are those things that maybe you got picked on for as a child and you know perhaps you loved comic books or loved a particular toy or a particular game perhaps you're always daydreaming what are those things that people pointed out to you as a child what are those conversations other people would say to you I remember gosh I was probably I was in secondary school so probably about 12 or 13 maybe and I still remember this this girl came up to me her name was Natalie and we were friends, but we weren't like best friends. We didn't hang out with each other outside of school, but you know, we were in the same classes and my school was only small. And uh, she just said to me one day, she said, <laughs> she said, if I needed to talk to anyone, Rebecca, I would come and talk to you. And I just thought that was a really weird thing to say. But actually, I do have that energy. <laughs> People do come and talk to me and tell me their stuff all the time. I don't even have to know them. You know, I just be stood at the supermarket and people will start telling me their life story. That's the kind of energy I hold. That's the energy, the space I hold for my clients. And it's like, so what are those conversations you can remember from childhood? Maybe they were actually hurtful conversations at the time. Maybe you were made to feel wrong or bad. But within that information, the reason you've held it, the reason you've remembered it is because there is, I'm going to say some truth in it, but what I mean is not not any meanness. There's no truth, truth in the meanness because that would have been the delivery, but there would have been some truth in the, oh my God, you're always daydreaming, right? The truth isn't being told off. The truth is like, 
Your imagination and your creativity is your gift, is your superpower. Like the gifts of visualization, the gifts of bringing new ideas into this world, the gift of seeing the bigger picture is a gift. Yeah. So those things that we remember, those things now that you envy in other people, those things that you feel jealous about, we feel jealous. Of course, we don't want to stay in that energy of jealousy. It's not a good energy to be in. But we feel jealous because we recognise someone else has something that we that we could have, but we haven't realised it yet. So there's a desire within us to have that thing. Now you might look at someone, and you know it might it might seem like they own something that you want, but actually it's probably likely to be the value you associate with that thing. So it could be freedom, it could be community, it could be all sorts of things. But don't take those feelings of value, sorry, those feelings of jealousy at face value. Just think, what is it I'm actually jealous of? Is it their ability to have the freedom to purchase that? Is it the beauty of something that they have purchased and you want more beauty in your life? So feeling into that, people often say, oh yeah, you know, I'd love more money, but it's actually what the money would bring, which is often like freedom or security. Okay. So when you're thinking about what are your gifts of magic, thinking about your bookcase, (laughs) your podcasts, thinking about childhood things, things that you were, you know, memories that stick out for you, either the things that brought you fun and joy, the things that you lost your time in for hours, or even the things that maybe you were air quotes picked on for. Those are the gifts. And then think about things that you feel like jealous or envious. And then we want to be able to celebrate those people and those things to know that actually, thank you for showing me that's something that's important to me. And then of course, journaling. You know, I love a bit of journaling. The J word, obsessed with it now. Nowadays, there was a day, there was a time when I couldn't even say the J word, um, journaling. Um, and it was known as the J word. But if you were to journal about those things, you could just write down on the top of the page, you know, what are my magical gifts? And see what the first things that come to mind are. If you struggle with that, write on the top of the page, what are my magical gifts? And then with your non-dominant hand, write, because you'll be so busy trying to work out how to hold a pen, how to forge, like how to write the letters, that you'll you'll actually um, forget and allow the writing to come. Even if you start writing, oh, Rebecca said, if I started writing, some of my gifts would come up, but I don't know. I wonder what they could be. Sometimes just the act of writing some words down gets you in your mind into the energy of flow and then out come the words. Don't dismiss anything, okay? You might also want to think like around some questions like, when do you feel the most connected to your inner self? When is it you feel most like you? When do you feel like aligned and fulfilled and on purpose? What activities, situations, people make you lose track of time? What are those activities? What environments do you find yourself in? What values do those people hold? How do you find yourself behaving around those people's events, environments? Again, those places where you feel aligned and alive and fulfilled and just, oh, magic. Those are your magical gifts. 
What aspects of nature people situations do you feel instinctively connected to? What do you feel called to? What environment do you love to be in? Perhaps you love being at the top of the mountains and maybe that's something about clarity and it's something about the air which um, resonates to the energy of the mind, into intellectual pursuits, into growth, into adventure. Perhaps you love being by the ocean and perhaps that's about um, um, the energy did I say by the emotions? <laughs> by the ocean, which is the energy of emotion. It's the energy of creativity. It's the energy of healing. Perhaps you love being in the forest and perhaps that's the energy of earthing and manifestation and creation and community with everything communicating and talking to each other. But just thinking about those things, what are your favourites? If you have the Pinch of Magic app, which the link is in the show notes, in there, if you are a VIP member, so most of the content on the app is for free, but if you wanted access to the courses and a live ritual with me on a Sunday, um, there's a there's a small fee to pay um, to get access to that. And if you do have that, try the Root Essence course. It's just a short course to help you connect with your root essence. And there's an exercise in there to help you connect with that root essence, which again, just adds another layer onto this energy of like, what is your magic you're here to share with in the world? I talk you through a meditation in there to help you really connect with that. And then think about what are some recurring themes or symbols in your dreams, but also in your life. I was working with a client once and she said, she goes, oh, I don't know what it is I want to do with my work, but my life, you know, I've got, she had quite a few degrees. <laughs> She'd been like a perpetual student. She'd had quite a few careers and she had quite a few interests. And I think there was like 13 or 14 things there. And she was like, I just can't see it. I just can't see a theme. And I, I asked her just to tell me what they were. And as soon as she told me what they were, I'm like, there is one theme throughout all of these 15 things. So sometimes it's like, write down the things that you're passionate about, write down the things that you ended up studying, writing down the things that you quit so you could do something else. Um, there will often be themes in those things. Um, write them down. You might not see it immediately. Step away and go back to it that like the next day or a couple of days later and you'll start to notice the themes. So just take some time to reflect on those questions and just let your intuition guide you. Like I say, if you're struggling because your brain is taking over, just like write with your non-dominant hand. There's no wrong answers here. Just like stepping stones for you to really connect with yourself. So the, all it is it's so annoying. It, honestly, it's so annoying. And I know that you'll be very annoyed with me saying this is well, I would be very annoyed with me every time someone said this to me in the past. But you really do have all of the answers within you. It's like it's just about unearthing them and uncovering them. So what can you do? Actually, do you know another thing? Another way of looking at this is what are the injustices? What are the things that annoy you? in the world because the things that annoy us are just as much a reflection of the things that are important to us so those things that we find ourselves being annoyed about those causes we find ourselves taking a stand for or getting riled up over those are your gifts yeah they are telling you that this thing event activity that has happened that you feel really passionate about is exactly that something you feel passionate about 
So how can you use those things, not just as much as the things that you love doing and the things that bring you absolute joy and allow you to lose time, but the things that really annoy you, how can you, you know, they tell us as much. So again, what is it about that cause, that situation? What is the fundamental piece of that that you're like, oh yeah, that's why it annoys me. And so once you've identified those gifts, and again, it's it's not about saying, this is my gift. That's the only thing I can ever do in my entire life. But it's about being curious. It's about accessing awe and wonder and just playing with these things. If you're still not sure, play. Play with them. Go, I wonder what it would be like if I knew my magic was creating space and holding space for people. And I'm going to put on some dinner parties or I'm going to host a book club or I'm going to do something that holds space for people. And then actually you find yourself doing it and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit tired. I want to make excuses not to do it. Well, maybe you need to, maybe it's about holding space for one person rather than groups of people. Or maybe that's just not your thing. But you're not going to know until you've had a go, until you've played, until you've explored. Okay, so give yourself permission to explore and then give yourself permission to quit quickly, to quit fast, to go, oh, I thought I wanted that, but I don't. Let's try something else. It's like I was talking to someone once and they're reading a book and they really didn't like it. So I'm like, well, stop reading it then. And they're like, can you do that? And I'm like, yes, stop reading that book now. (laughs) And it's like we often forget that we can quit because, you know, again, our our culture celebrates people that keeps on going, that battles through and drudges through and sludges through. But you know what? We are here, unfortunately, for a relatively short amount of time. Don't waste it reading shit books. (laughs) Don't waste it doing things that don't light you up. So yes, where you can make those choices, allow yourself to make the choices that nourish and nurture you. Because I'm sure there are many things you do in the world that you'd rather not be doing. Okay. So this is one of the places where you're like, okay, I'll make that my own. Books, reading books, listening to podcasts, spending time in environments. It's like some of those are your choices. Okay. So make them count. And then once you've identified those, it's like nourish them, nurture them, play, acknowledge that those are your gifts and ask yourself, how can you bring those gifts into your everyday life? It doesn't mean you have to quit everything. It doesn't mean you have to eat, pray, love yourself around the world unless that's what you feel called to do. But you can just start saying, oh, this is something that's really important to me or this is like a magical gift I have. How can I bring this to my to everyday activities? Perhaps you absolutely have a gift for colour coordinating, you know, for just seeing colours. And maybe you've ended up being a personal stylist or a home makeover person, you know, perfectly aligned. But if you're like, oh my God, that'd be my dream job, but I can't, that can't be true at the moment. Well, you can style yourself. You can coordinate your candle magic colours. You can coordinate your herb colours with your candles and your and your bath, um, you know, in your magical bath that you're creating. There are ways to bring in this energy in everything you do, from the your magical knickers that you choose in the morning to the food that you're creating to where you eat that food. Think about the things you do regularly and how you can start bringing your gifts, your 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 abilities in 
to places that feel good. Like perhaps if you're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm really intuitive, but it's a, it's a skill I've been hiding. Well, start practicing with your intuition. Start playing with different tools of divination until you find one that really resonates with you. Start intuitively um, picking the foods that you want to eat every day. I always pick on like knickers and foods because those are things that we do very, very routinely. But, you know, what are the things you could start doing just like the everyday things where you could start bringing in your magic? Because that's how we when we embrace them that way, just little by little by little, don't have to do huge life makeovers. Just start welcoming these gifts in, start using them slowly we build our strength with them. They grow and we strengthen them. Just like a little seedling, sapling rather, turning into a majestic tree. Just like, you know, everything we start with starts small. And then when we practice it regularly, regularly, over and over again, exploring, curious, you know, more curiosity, maybe a little bit more learning about something, chatting to your friends or appropriate friends about it that's when it becomes bigger. If you don't have friends that you can talk about your magical stuff with, come over into our community. The link is in the show notes. Come and share your questions, ask your questions, share your wins. Go, I think it's this, but I'm not quite sure. Come and ask us. That's what we're there for. So just start cultivating those gifts by incorporating them into your everyday life. And as you become familiar, that might start looking more intentionally magic. For example, you might start noticing that you have more of an affinity for candle magic or working with astrology and the stars or working with nature or just knowing that you love all of the things and you don't want to be honed into one thing. Perhaps you find out that you're masterful at adding like herbs and spices into your food or crafting rituals for people and transitions for when, as people go through rites of passage in their life. It doesn't matter what it is as long as it is you. So you might want to start adding like those gifts into your rituals, into your intentions and just resonating with the things that make you feel most alive and most like you. So as I'm saying all of that, which pieces resonate for you? How do you feel called to start exploring those gifts? You might just want to get some paper and start thinking about like, what was it when I was a kid that I absolutely loved to do? What did I get told off for? <laughs> that's, that's another good place. What were you always doing um, that got you into trouble? Because when you're in trouble as a child, all it means is that you were getting attention for something and you were doing something that wasn't expected or the norm. And that's okay. It wasn't it wasn't celebrated when you were younger, but you can sure as heck celebrate it now because it's worthy of celebration. If you're like, yeah, but Rebecca, I was told off this thing and actually it is naughty and I don't, I can't see the positive. Come and share it in our community. I will find the, the gem, the gold that's in there because there is always something, you know, children don't, aren't naughty just to be naughty. They, you know, most of the time what we class as naughtiness isn't naughtiness. It's just they're not conforming. And what they're doing is they're acting out something. And it's like when we can get to the core of what it is they're actually acting out, it's like, oh, that's what they need. They're not being heard. The world's not built for them. It's not set up to support them, to help them thrive. But we can do that for ourselves now. Okay. So if you're listening on Spotify comment in the uh, Spotify 
comment section, I suppose, <laughs> for this app, letting me know what are your gifts or if you're not quite sure what your gifts are, what are you going to do to start finding them? Are you going to start looking backwards at childhood? Are you going to start looking at your bookshelf? Take a photo of your bookshelf. Come and share it in our community. Let us know what what books tell you about you. Honestly, you'll be like, oh my gosh, yes, my books do tell me about this. A friend of mine, she um, is a trainer in businesses. But when I look at her bookshelf, it's all about coaching. All of her books are about coaching. And I'm like, you're not a trainer, you're a coach. <laughs> and after telling her this for, you know, longer than probably I needed to, she's like, oh my God, I am, aren't I? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so what is it that your bookcase tells you about yourself? What is it about your... I would love it to be that as easy as like follow your passions and desires. Yeah. But often our passions and desires have been squashed out of us or we are doing, we think our passions and desires are the things that we should be doing, you know, because that's what our family's always done or that's what your friends do or that's what your partner does. And you're trying to make yourself like, oh yeah, that's what I really love. Um, But this isn't about this. This is about truth. This is about what is true for you. Okay, so not just what books are on your bookcase, which books have you actually read? <laughs> what are the things where you do actually, honestly lose time to? Not the stuff you kind of drudge through. Okay, so this is a really fun thing just to start being like a little detective and getting really curious about what are those things that make you feel alive? What are those things that you loved as a child that maybe you kind of got veered away from because you didn't know how that could be a career? Because it probably couldn't have been a career when you were younger. But now in today's world, perhaps it could be. Perhaps your magic has nothing to do with your career whatsoever. And you're going, yeah, my job's actually okay. But in my downtime, what I really want to start be doing is this. I was chatting to someone the other day and um, she, um, she's a nurse. And there's just something so magical about her. And I was like, yeah, you're on that healing path, aren't you? And it's for her, it's like she's really a healer. And knowing that, it's like she became a nurse because that's how that expressed in that time. And then when I said this to her, she was like, do you know what? I really did love playing with herbs before um, she did her nursing. And I was like, yes, exactly. You know, it's like we know these things. But especially if we don't have friends um, or communities that show us the other possibilities to use our gifts, that we often try and squeeze ourselves into a traditional route. And actually, maybe that works out perfectly fine, but maybe there's something that just doesn't feel right. And when we are squashing our own gifts, when we're denying our own power, when we are not recognising um like what is really important to us, that manifests as physical symptoms. And often those physical symptoms show up as discontent, frustration, anxiety, worry, um, the kind of depression that just is like, you know, when your energy is just suppressed and you just can't get through it and you're doing all the things you think you should do and nothing's working. Well, it's usually this is the, the the missing piece. It's like to get radically honest with yourself about actually what is important to you. Okay, so I can't wait to hear your magic, your gifts, your skills, and never ever dismiss anything. Because the the annoying thing about our gifts and our skills is they come so easy to us that we don't value them because they come so easy. 
And so we don't think they're gifts or skills because, oh, doesn't everyone do that? I even did that myself this week. I was chatting to someone and um, I, I just said, I was chatting away and I went, oh, I've just heard this. And I gave them the message and they were like, oh my God, that's bang on. How did you know? And then they went, then she said, how did, when you say I just heard, <laughs> she goes, was that from you? Or was that from outside sources? And I just laughed because I'm like, oh yeah, I forget. Not everyone is constantly receiving information from external sources. So whenever I'm working with my clients, it's like, I would never call myself a channel, but I'll be chatting away and I'll be like, oh, I've just heard this. Oh, I've just heard this. Oh, I've just, you know, this message has just come through. And I suppose it is like channeling because I'll be talking and then I'll hear like, this is the message for that person and I'll just share it. But it's so normal. It's just like having a cup of tea. I don't even think about it. But when she said to me, when you say you just heard, do you mean you heard like someone gave you that message from outside of yourself? And I was like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that is how it works. (laughs) But it's so normal. I forget not everyone lives their life like that. You know, like what I've shared on here before, it's like I was looking for a tree and I'd thought I'd found the tree. And then the crow just said to me, no, the tree you're looking for is behind the church. And I walked around the corner and sure enough, there it was, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, things are always talking to me. And I forget, you know, I forget that's not everyone's normal. So if you had said to me, oh, Rebecca, do you do this? I'd be like, oh no, I don't think so. And it's not until I find myself doing it and someone calls me out. I'm like, oh yeah, that is, that is what I do, isn't it? So what are your instances of that? You know, obviously that sounds you know quite fun. But maybe yours are way, like my partner, for example, he is Mr. List. He is so, so good at organising things that he forgets that other people aren't that organised. And to me, that's an absolute gift and a skill and woo, go him. Um, (laughs) So, you know, he might not consider that magic. But for me, when I can't do that, that is magic. And I've shared before about my sister. It's like, I can't bake. Oh, I can whip you up a raw vegan cheesecake no time and it would be delicious um but it doesn't involve cooking my sister she'll like whip stuff together she won't even measure anything and out comes this amazing cake i'll be there chilling my butter you know (laughs) doing everything measuring everything to like the perfect gram i'll put the skewer in the cake and it will come out like and i'll think it'll look like ready and I'll put it on the side and like before I know it the bottom's fallen out or it tastes like rubber or ugh I'm just I'm just not a baker but my sister she's like oh no it's nothing but to me it's everything because I can't bake but you know for her she doesn't even measure anything and woof there we have a perfect cake so um again what's your equivalent of that you know perhaps it is receiving gift uh, receiving messages but perhaps it's organizing or perhaps it's in the kitchen what is your version of having that so i can't i can't wait to hear your magic because i promise you you absolutely have magic if you tell me you don't it's not that you're lying it's that it's just hidden under a lot of stuff okay and we will unearth all of that for you so i hope you've enjoyed today's episode In our next episode, the final one of this first series, we're actually talking about empowered magic, balancing humility and confidence in your practice, which is a really interesting conversation because 
it's all about you. We are like the most important players in our life. And we're not really that important. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, oh, I can't think of the word. But the word when two two things can be true at the same time, even when they appear opposite paradox. But, you know, we are paradoxical humans. It's like we are everything is about us and really nothing is about us. And actually looking at humility and striking that balance for growth and effectiveness, effectiveness in your magic. So um, like how to weave your magic so it supports you without doing harm to others as well. So... That will then conclude our first series of Mastering Your Magic Fundamentals of Power and Intention. So that's exciting. And then it's all about um, trusting your inner guide, building relationships with yourself and the energies around you. But that's for the next series. We'll finish this one first. So come and share your gifts and I'll be back next time talking about how you are everything. And I'm sorry to say, really not that important too. But there is magic in that and I will explain all. So thank you for joining me. I will speak to you again very soon.